So what is our theme this year? Live. Live, that's right. So the last time I preached, I preached on live righteous. And today I want to do live righteous part two. So last time I spoke, I, I, I preached about sin. I preached against sin. I spoke about the negativity of living a sinful life. I tried to show us that our sin uh, didn't affect our standing before God because Jesus actually died and paid the penalty for sin and that you weren't going to go to hell because you committed some sin. My point in that sermon was sin isn't really about the afterlife. Sin is about this life and continuing in sin, living a sinful life will actually hurt you in this life. God is a good God who wants us to live righteous, not because sin offends him so, but God wants us to live righteous because he wants us to live blessed. He wants us to live purposed, prosperous and successful lives. We looked at some different things and, and I used King Hezekiah of my example as my example. And when King Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, came against him, and we looked and saw that the name Sennacherib, or Sennacherib, as some people told me after this was, was pronounced, right? I've always called a Sennacherib, and, uh, but uh, I won't go, no, I, I, no. <laughs> See the, the Dutchness? I just have to tell you why I'm right, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's funny. So, so and, and the name means sins multiplied brothers, and that. King Hezekiah had come to a place of complacency and how sin came as a result of that complacency and how there is a multiplying effect of sin. It starts here, but it will grow. And in each time it grows, it grows more negative. And then we looked at and talked about how we can never defeat sin by concentrating on the sin, right? That, that is foolishness. That, that trying to defeat sin through just willpower will never be will never be successful. Paul knew this when he wrote to the Colossians. He says this, For you have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why keep on following the rules of this world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about the things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But listen to this. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. And we looked at the fact it was the direction that you're looking. If I'm looking at the sin, I'm going to be attracted to that sin. If I'm looking towards God, I'm going to be attracted by who I see. And we talked about direction. So there it is. That was my message in five minutes. And you said, why didn't you preach it in five minutes last time? <laughs> right, so, uh, so today I want to speak Live Righteous Part 2. Father, I ask that you would come by the presence of your Holy Spirit and that you would speak to people, Lord God. You would show people, Lord God. You would reveal yourself, oh Lord, in what I'm about to say. Father, let it be you that's speaking, not just me that's speaking, and let people hear something from heaven this morning. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. So look at Psalm 128. We're just going to look at the first verse. And it says this, Psalm 128, verse 1, says, Blessed. Everyone say the word blessed. Blessed. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in His ways. So if you look at that, 
at face value. The Bible clearly tells us you'll be blessed if you fear God and you walk in God's ways. Now, for a quick reminder for those who haven't heard me before, I believe that fearing God means considering God, revering God, seeking God, not just being like in fear of God that is going to get you somehow. I am now through Christ, the beloved Son of God. I'm beloved of God. I'm a son of God. I'm not an enemy of God any longer because of Christ. So I have no need to live in cowering fear that God is going to get me. Jesus paid the price for that. God is my loving, protecting, and providing Father who loves to be with me. Right. So I don't need to be in fear of God of that, but I need to consider God. I need to revere God. I need to look for God, seek for God. I I need to to pursue God because that's where I'm going to live a blessed life. The verse says that we will be blessed if we fear God, if we live in his ways. Another rendering of this verse could be to say the result of fearing God, of walking in God's ways, is that you'll be blessed. And that's what I want to look at this morning. Last time we looked at the results or the consequences of living in sin. Now we're going to look at the results of actually walking in righteousness, in walking in a way that pleases God. So the word blessed, it's a fairly easy word and it's talked about in a sense of meaning. It's the Hebrew word esher. And it just means something really easy. It means happiness and blessedness. It's not one of those words that has all sorts of different meanings. If you look at the New Testament uh, word for blessed, there's lots and lots of meanings for it. But in the Old Testament, it's just two meanings. It means happiness and blessedness. It's a really simple Hebrew word. So I want to look this morning at what it means to be blessed. What it means if you live in God's ways, what results from doing that? What results in fearing God? And we want to look at it from the Bible. So I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 28. And Deuteronomy 28, it's a fairly long chapter. We're not going to read the whole chapter, probably about 13 verses or so, which we're going to go through one at a time. And uh, I'm going to have a look at all the different aspects of blessed, what it means when you're blessed, what will happen when you're blessed, what are the results of fearing God, what are the results of living God's way and, and in seeking after the things of God. We're going to look at it in individual snack-sized parcels. And what I'm hoping and believing for is that not that this sense of grabbiness, I want this from God, but this sense of knowledge of the nature of God, of who God is. You know, the first thing that God did when he created man was to put man in the Garden of Eden. And the name Eden means pleasure. The first thing that God did was to make sure that we would live a life of pleasure, a life of blessing, a life of happiness. And when we live blessed, that's what God does. That's what God does. There's a sense of goodness that pervades our life. I'm going to read from verse 2. And it says this, verse 2, Deuteronomy 28. And all these blessings shall come upon you And overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. That's the foundation. Blessing will overtake us if we listen to what God says. I I, I love the picture. It's like, so I'm just running, 
blessings there, and then it meets up with me, and then it goes in front of me. Right, it overtakes me. I'm needing the blessing, and it comes, it comes, but then whenever I run, I'm running into blessing. That's the, the picture that we get when we look at blessing, and I love that because the, the central thought of what I want to say today is that thought of blessing overtaking us. The blessing that comes in the beginning is great, but eventually you live in that blessing. Now, I'm not going to use a lot of personal illustrations this morning, because if you do, it's like blessing becomes about stuff, a nicer car, more money in the bank, this, that, and it's about stuff, where God's blessing is so much more, so much more than that. It's about contentment on the inside. Paul said, the Apostle Paul said, I'm blessed or content whether I'm in lack or whether I'm in abundance. It wasn't about the stuff. It was about whose he was. And because he understand whose he was and had a pursuit of Christ in knowing God, everything else becomes rubbish. Right? So I'm not wanting to talk about that, but I will give an illustration of what I'm talking about when it comes to the overtaking blessing. When I got saved, I didn't know a church like this exists. You've heard me say this a hundred times. And, uh, and then one of the things of my life, and I spoke about this recently when I spoke about rejection, was that I had this need to be liked. I wanted people to like me. And because of that need, I, I, I got into so much trouble and eventually got into drugs and all the things. You've heard the story before. So I got saved and I was on that night and I went home. Remember, I don't know any Christians. I only know this one girl who's still a, not even a Christian to this day. That's where I was. A non-Christian brought me to church. Go help this guy. He needs lots of help, right? <laughs> like, so, and, and she's still not a Christian to this day, right? So she, um, she brings me to church. She's the only young person I knew who wasn't doing drugs, who, who, who wasn't doing all those things. And, and, and I'm like, this... I don't understand these young Christians. I don't know them. I, they're not doing drugs. They're not drinking. They're not doing everything else that I know every person their age doing. They're strange. I don't know if I want them to be my friends, right? Remember, friendship was what everything was about to me, being popular, being liked. And I go to bed that night. I remember clearly lying in my room, and I go to bed. Remember, I don't know that God can speak to you. I don't know that there's a presence of God. I don't know any of this. I'm raw. I don't know that that can happen. And I'm sitting in bed and I get this impression. I get this sense of God saying to me, your friends are going to be Christians and there's going to be many people that come to this house. Now remember, God, I don't know how God speaks to you. I don't know. He can speak to you. I, I, this, I, I just have this impression. That's all I can say. That's all I can, how I can describe it. But that was a blessing. See, God knew that that need for friendship, that, 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 was, that lack in my life, that need for approval was, was something that was lacking in my life. And so as I continued to walk God's ways, as I started to go to his house, as I started to go to the um, new Christians' classes, I slowly started to meet some Christians. I slowly started to meet some Christians my age, as I slowly started to do a bit more life through church things, as I slowly all of a sudden, this blessing caught up with me. And I want to say to you now that friendship is one of the richest areas of my whole life. Right, let me tell you, I have friends everywhere now. 
I have friends everywhere. And, and you know, they're friends now that care about me. Not just what they can get out of me. Not just what I can do for them. They're not friends just in the good times. They're friends in the bad times. If I were to do something terrible, there would be friends that would come and want to restore me. There'd be friends who'd come around side me and, and want to love me. They're friends that want my best. They're friends that want me to do well. They're friends that, that will help me in whatever I'm going through. And you know what? I don't just have one or two. I have many, many friends. I am living in the blessing. The blessing overtook me. Tomorrow's problems will be sorted out by the friendships that are already there. You know, there's just encouragement. I, I love friendship. I love that. I have an abundance. People who genuinely, genuinely, sorry, care for me. The, that's good, Donnie. <laughs> good on you, Don. So let's get back and look at the height, the breadth, and the depth of God's all-encompassing blessing for those who fear him and walk in his ways. What can you expect if you fear God? What can you expect if you live according to his ways? Well, verse three, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Your blessing isn't dependent on where you are. It's not geography, but your blessing is dependent on whose you are. It's your anointing, it's your calling, and obedience that gets you blessed, not where you are. Stop thinking if you were somewhere else, all of a sudden everything would change. Stop thinking if you were with someone else, everything would be different and everything would be changed. Stop thinking that if you're in a different job or, or that there's not a way that God can bless you where you are. You'll be blessed in your coming and you'll be blessed in your going. The blessing is upon you. The blessing isn't on where you are. The blessing is upon you. So walk into that blessing. Think about Joseph, Joseph in the Bible. He's blessed in a pit. He's blessed in Potiphar's house. He's blessed in prison. And he's blessed when he's serving Pharaoh. Wherever he was, the blessing of God was upon his life and he was blessed. Daniel, blessed, even though he's in captivity. Even though he's asked to do crazy things, blessed because the blessing was on him. Stop thinking that blessing is about geography or where you are, but receive and look for the blessing where you are. Verse four, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. When you get blessed by God, every part of you gets blessed, body, soul and spirit. The fruit of your body, that's your health, your mental health. Every part of you will be blessed. There is a blessing, good health is a blessing. Goes on and says there's the increase of grounds, herds, and cattle. I believe that's what you put your effort into. It's your productivity. There will be effectiveness in what you do. If I have a consistent prayer, it would be, God, make me effective. Let there be productivity to what it is that I'm doing. Jesus had the ultimate productivity. He had a couple of loaves, a couple of fishes and fed 5,000 people with it. There's always enough. There's always enough. God blesses the effort that you put so that whatever you're needing to do, you're able to do. 
What's in you is enough. The gifts, the callings, the abilities, the talents are enough to do what it is that God has asked you to do. It is enough because the good thing about talents and abilities is that they grow. But now I'm going further in my message later. (laughs) See, your blessing means your effort produces something. It means that you don't work in vain. It means that you don't put effort in in vain without reward, but that there's increase. There's a measurable outcome. There's tangible growth. Things don't stay the same. It's one of the things I love about God. I might be right now in the pit. I might be right now in trouble, but it isn't gonna stay the same. And as I look to Him, as I fear Him, as I consider Him, as I walk in His ways, I'll be out of that problem soon enough. It goes on the offspring of your flocks. The blessing future proofs you. That's what I'm saying about the overtaking. Whatever I face, the blessing in my life now is already in my future because it's overtaken me to get me through whatever I need to go through. I've got reserves to go through the droughts and through the storms. I'm not living with such a small margin that I just got through today. See, there was a daily blessing upon the children of Israel. Every day, the manna. Every day, the manna was there. They had enough to be able to get to where they got to. But eventually, the blessing was on their life that they were in the promised land and they were able to establish themselves there. They were able to have food there. They were able to set it up for their generations. There'll be a time where God's blessing just gets you through the day but it's taking you to a place of promise where you can live in. It future-proofs you the blessing of God. Verse five, Deuteronomy 28. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Every one of us has been blessed with gifts and abilities from God. It doesn't matter whether you're a one-talent person or a five-talent person. You have the ability to grow your talent and you are gonna be judged on what God has given you. You're not judged on what God has given me and I'm not judged on what God has given you. I'm judged on what God has given me. And so I'm not gonna look at, well, I can't sing like Jason. I can't teach like Julie. I can't love like Nina. No, I don't sit down. I'm just gonna work on the talents that God has given me and that will make room for me. So what have you been given? What talents do you have? What, what things have, has God given you that as you need your bowl, you need your bread will work for you? Well, I was thinking of myself, I was thinking, my love of people and like of talking, right, has blessed me, especially all my life. I got the gift of the gab. I've always said it, and I do like talking. I hate silence. I hate those pregnant pauses. I've got to fill that with up with something. You know, before... I was a pastor, I was a salesman. I sold kids' photos to parents, the easiest thing in the world, right? If you can't sell pictures of your kids to their parents, give up selling, right? (laughs) And I I sold $6 million of photos by putting a photo out there and just looking at the parents and going, oh. $6 million by going, oh. It's just fantastic. It was so easy. Then I went and sold food. Another thing, if you can't sell food, Everyone's hungry, right? Just go visit them at lunchtime, right? So it was just easy to do. But I just talked to people. It gave me bread and my voice and and my love of people and the gift of the gab to this day is still giving me bread. My kneading bowl is blessed. 28 verse five. 
Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Our blessing isn't determined by timing. It's determined by God. Whether things are good or whether things are bad, you can be blessed. Doesn't, God doesn't need it to be a good time to bless you. He can bless you in the worst of times. God is not Goldilocks. Right, where everything has to be just right. Right? If it's too hot, sorry, I can't. Too cold, no, no. Oh, just right now, I can bless you. Oh, it's too hard. No, I can't bless you. Oh, it's too soft. No, no. No, he can bless you all the time. I want to tell you, God can bless you when it's too hard. He can bless you when it's too soft. He can bless you when it's just right. He can bless you when it's too cold. He can bless you when it's too hot. And he can bless you when it's just right. It's not about timing. But I want to say, if you live fearing God, if you live, right, having a, a sense of wanting to live for God and live in his ways, the timing's always right. Yeah, that's good. You'll know what to do and you'll know what not to do. You'll know when to go forward. You'll know when to go back. And so understand once again that the blessing of God is there when you need it. Stop looking for everything to be just right. That never happens. I want to say that never happens. Whether you're running a church, whether you're having a relationship, whether you're at a workplace, it's never at all perfect. I always call it the wheat and the tares. There's always something that God's doing and there's always something that the enemy's doing. And it's really interesting, isn't it? Because even Jesus said, beware when everyone speaks well of you. Right? If everyone loved me in this church, I'm thinking, what am I doing wrong? Right? So hopefully I've offended someone every now and again. Right? But just not you. All right? Just not you. Next verse. Interesting. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. We've all got enemies or opponents. Sometimes your enemy is a person. Sometimes it's a problem. Sometimes it's a personal failure. Sometimes it's an inherent weakness that you have. Sometimes it's a terrible situation. Sometimes it's a condition. We all have enemies of our soul, enemies of our will, enemies of our life. There's always things. There are problems. And sometimes they seem overwhelming. But God blesses you with solutions. Not just once, but again and again and again. I want to say, whatever problem you face, if you dig in the kingdom of God long enough, you will find your solution. And I want to tell you, God is not bereft of solutions. The word says here that there are seven solutions. He's not going, there's only one way you can get out of this. There's only one way that you can overcome this. But there are seven ways, but it's dependent on fearing God. Am I going to revere God? Am I going to do what He asked me to do? Am I going to be obedient to what it is? Am I going to take a faith step? All of those things result in you living that blessed life and finding a problem. And I want to say, like you all, I've had sleepless nights. I've had when the problem seems large, when the problem seems too much to overcome, where it's definitely going to overwhelm me and get me. I stood at the edge of the cliff, kind of like there is no other way. And yet, I get through another day. I get through another morning. I get through another night. And I find solutions. 
And the great thing is, is that over that, I'm going to try this seven ways. Seven ways, but it's, are you going to dig long enough to find gold? Are you going to seek God enough and find gold to find that solution? I'm certain, no matter what I face or who I face or who's against me, if I seek God long enough, I'm going to be blessed with a solution. Deuteronomy 28 verse 8. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So the God gives us a commanded blessing. So when God commands it, it's going to happen. We heard a word this morning that God is a God of authority. It's not your authority, it's His authority that's going to see you blessed. So if you live according to God's ways, if you live in the fear of God, you're going to be blessed. It's a command. God said it and He's going to do it. He's not a man that He should tell a lie. That's who God is. He has said it. He has spoken it. The Bible tells us that when God speaks a word, it doesn't return to him void. It accomplishes what it was sent forth to do. And in this particular place, I believe it's talking about our workplace. There's a blessing somewhere in your workplace. But think about this. That blessing may be the future you. Right? I worked for many years at a place called Bilo. It was a supermarket. It was crazy, crazy conditions. I would just work so hard. Sometimes I'd finish at two in the morning and have to start again at six. I had bosses who were mental, right? That's all I can say. They were just mental, right? There was ridiculous things required of me. I was just horrible and, and I just hated it. But God was working in me. It wasn't the blessing of the finance and the great finance, but God knew who I was going to become. God knew what he had for me and he had to get off some of those issues and those attitudes and that laziness. He had to put inside of me a work ethic. He had to show me, are you working for me or are you working for this boss? Are you working because you just want this reward and you love the money or are you working because this is where I have you right now? See, the blessing might not have been on that day where I'm going, yay, I'm at work again. I love my job. It's so great. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right? It wasn't that. Because every day I'd have to, come on, let's do this. I must admit, I always had this attitude. I was never going to let someone see how frustrated I was and how angry I was because I always thought I'm a Christian and they're going to judge Christianity based on me. So I always decided no matter how bad it was, how much I wanted to blow up. And if all you know me, you know, it's not that hard to, you know, like I can blow up every now and again, right? So, so, so and I just didn't, right? Like, because God was creating the future me. My blessing wasn't there. My blessing was in the future. God blesses your work ethic. God blesses your attitude. God blesses you when you work for the benefit of someone else. If you do that, you keep working in someone else's dream, I promise you God will give you your dream and some other place. Don't be fooled that just because today your job isn't all wonderful bliss and lollybombs, right? That understand that God is building you and that'll bless you tomorrow and that'll bless your kids and that'll bless your generations again and again. Deuteronomy 28, 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. 
just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. I reckon I, I, I love this the most because what I'm saying is your blessing isn't just about you. God is so unselfish. He's given us so many blessings, but it's so that we can pour it out to others. We need to be people that bless other people. Others notice your blessing. Others notice that, that things go well. Others notice that there's a forward motion to your life. Others notice that you're going somewhere. There's something about your life that makes you attractive. And it's obvious, really, because we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. You can't hide a light. And wherever you go, you need to be adding flavor. And that's why I believe that blessing is so much more than a nice car or a nice house or a nice bank account. God is blessing you, making you a better person, a better person to be around and a better person to know. You know, I hope that the majority of people are glad that they know me, that somehow through my attitude, somehow through my kindness, somehow through my joy, somehow through my generosity and positiveness, that their day is just that little bit better because they had some contact with me. They had some interacting with me. See, you become attractive when you're blessed in that people are naturally drawn to you. And that's what we should all want, that their lives so embody the teachings of Jesus that people are attracted to us, that people are drawn to us. They just want to be with us. They're happy to spend time. Your, your neighbours, as you heard me say, should be happy that you live next door to them. Your boss should be happy that you work for him. Your, your family should be blessed that you're part of that family. That's where God wants to take you. I promise you that. Verse 11, And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods, in the fruit of your body, in the crease of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. There's plenty of blessing. You still got blessing to come. It's not like God has just poured it out and now you've just done it. It's just what it is. No, there's plenty of blessing. So start to believe for that. It's a promise of God. He says, in the land that my father swore to give you, the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. God is bound, right? He's bound to bless you when you fear him and when you walk in his ways. There's a, there's a binding because he knows what's right. He says what to do. And then as you do what it is that he asks you to do, you always walk into blessing. And once again, we see that increase, Produce of your ground, land, livestock, fruit of your body. There's just blessing in your whole life. Deuteronomy 12, coming to an end. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. What he gives us is good. What he gives us is there for our good. It's not bad, it's not to hurt us, it's not to, to place demand upon us, so to speak, in a sense that, that makes us uh, like a slave, like we have to. But it's a good treasure, the heavens to give you the rain to your land in its season, to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. I like the word in season that the Bible uses here. 
Your blessing will come when it's needed. See, one blessing is the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Now, in general life, when things are going well, I actually don't need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It's okay. But when my mum died, I needed that blessing of his presence. The, the general encouragement and the general presence of the Holy Spirit is with me always. But at that moment, he came and came with specific comfort. He spoke to me about things that brought comfort to me. If you were to think that, it may not bring comfort to you. It might be something wise, it might be something nice, it might be something good, but it didn't bring comfort. It's just a nice words. But when God showed me something, it brought comfort to me. You know what it was? Crazy. He showed me that her body just ran out of charge. Right? That's essentially that. The battery ran out. She's 96 years old. She lived by herself in her house and mentally well, doing all sorts of things. And then like she had one fall and the battery ran out over a few months. And I, I look at it now, I go, that's how I want to go. Live long, die quick. Right? And uh, just by quick enough so I can say goodbye and have all those things, right? It's a, it's a great way. But that brought comfort. You might think, well, that's horrible. That might be something that brings no comfort to you, but to me, that was the Holy Spirit. That made me go, okay, God, that's cool. Right? That, uh, I'm, I'm with that. I, I, can, I can understand. As I say, it might not do anything for you. But in your distress, there's a word of comfort. In that unanswered prayer, in that thing that seems to just overwhelm you, in that particular area, there's comfort. There's something that the Holy Spirit can say to you. And in season, you will receive what it is that you need. We again see that our blessing always results in others being blessed. It's never for yourself. It's always for others. One of the things I loved about our summer is we had such a, a, a wonderful summer. It was, it was just great. We, we ate richly. We ate well at the, at the table of the Lord. We were all feeling like refreshed. We were all feeling stirred in the spirit. But on that very last night, as Jenny sent us away, it was like, let's take this and make it about others. Let's make it about the community. Let's make it about getting the kingdom of God into the ears and the lives of those who have yet to hear about Jesus. Let's see our altars full of people giving their lives to Christ. The kingdom extended not just by people from other churches, but by people finding Christ. By people being found by Christ. Right, That's our heart. I remember sitting just like kneeling just right here and just saying, God, that's what I want. I love the blessing. This has been a blessing. I'm blessed, I'm full. It's so nice what we've had over these last few days. But I don't want it just to be fat. I want it so I can feed others. I want it so I can bless others. I want it so that other people can know the blessing of God. That I'm not just of myself, kind of, oh, look at my bounty, look what I've got. But know that I, I let it be to all those others who are starving, all those others who are hungry, all those others who need to hear the word of the Lord. God wants us, as he finishes this, verse 13, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. 
God wants us to be the head and not the tail. That's what God has for you. God wants you to lead someone. It may just be someone in your family, doesn't it? See, we always look at that and we think, I've got to lead this big thing. You're a leader because you're the pastor of the church. You know, I'm, I'm the one, right? There's a thousand other people at a merged church that have got what you've got to do, right? And that's your leader in wherever you are, in your school, in your uni, in your workplace, in your family, in your, with, your, with a sibling, with a neighbor. With, you're, you're an example. You're leading someone. You're the head. Yeah. And understand that. And as the head, right? God is going to anoint you because you've got everything that you need. But what it says, it says, live righteous, you know, heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful, and are careful. Now, it's not caring like, oh, did I get that right? Oh, did I just do this right? Hopefully I, I just did, oh, I just got it right. That's not what it is. It's careful. Are you caring about what God wants? That's what it's saying. It's not being careful in the sense of, I've got to be careful, otherwise God won't bless me. I've got to get it just right, or God won't bless me. What it's saying is, be careful. Do you care about what God thinks? That's what the fear of God is. Do you care? And as you do that, that's the beginning. Care about what God wants. Care about what God says. Care about what God is asking you to do. Have care about that. Don't just be happenstance. Just don't hope, but care. Care. And that's why every day is so important. Every day I just sit with God. Every day I just talk with Him, and He just leads me today. He just leads me the next day. He just leads me the next day. And then all of a sudden, I'm walking in the blessing of God. I feel I live a blessed life. I feel over the 37 years that I've become a Christian that I'm a good advertisement to what happens if you put the gospel in action. A young 20-year-old boy with no future, no hope, headed for destruction, meets Jesus Christ, walks into his kingdom, And slowly I've tried to fear God. Slowly I've tried to walk in His ways. Trust me, many times I haven't got it right. Many times I've done wrong things, but the direction of my heart is to please God. And I look at it now, 38 years, and I see the blessing of God in my life. It's not the things, because they can go tomorrow. right? All the things that I have can be gone tomorrow. But, the relationship that I have with God, it's just there. And it will get me through whatever happens. That is the blessing of God. I want the, the band to come. Be deliberate. Be caring. Care around your pursuit of God. Care about looking, about seeking, about asking, about knocking. And as you do that, you certainly will be blessed. God's blessing as we fear Him, God's blessing as we walk in His ways, God's blessing as we turn aside from some of those things that are going to destroy us and hurt us is certain. It's not maybe, it's not hopefully, it's not could be, but it's certain. It's holistic, it's all-inclusive. 
It permeates to every part of your body, your body, your soul, and your spirit. Your mind, will, and emotions can be stable. Your, your body can be healthy and your, and your spirit pointed towards the things of God. So I want you to stand right now. And I want you to just raise just two hands to heaven. And I'm gonna pray blessing over you. There's some people here and you need to stop, in a sense, pronouncing curses over your life. My life's bad, this is bad, he's bad, she's bad, I haven't got enough, I haven't got... And start to say, God, I wanna live in your blessing. Start to make a a determination. I'm gonna live in the blessing. You're gonna live in the blessing. I'm gonna pray that over you right now. Father, I pray right now that your blessing would be upon us, oh God. Father, that we would walk in your ways, that we would walk in reverence, oh God. Father, we would walk in consideration of you, oh God. We would walk in a direction that is towards you, oh Lord. Father, I bind every demonic thought that comes into someone's head right now as to why they wouldn't be blessed. Father, it doesn't matter if they're living in the worst sin. They can turn from that right now, repent, so to speak, which just means to walk another way and they can start to walk in the blessing of God. Father, I, I, I take authority over every curse of the enemy and I speak blessing over this congregational God. I speak blessing in marriages. I speak blessing in finance. I speak blessing in workplaces. I speak blessing in study houses. I speak blessing, oh God, in health, oh God. Father, I speak blessing in relationships, oh God. I speak blessing in ministry, oh Lord. I speak blessing in business, oh God. I speak blessing, oh God. Father, Lord, let us walk into our overtaken blessing, oh God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus and declare and proclaim blessing. I speak it, oh God. I speak it, oh God. And they're going in and they're going out, in a city and in a country, oh Lord. Father, that is whatever time it is, today is the right season, oh Lord. I declare over a merged church a season of blessing. Father, our heart is to do what you wanna do, oh God. Father, we may not always get it right. There'll be times we do silly things, oh God. But Father, our direction is set to please God, to lift up God, to make the name of Jesus be lifted up, to be high, to be made famous, that the Gospel of God will be spoken, oh God, from this place. And it will result, oh God, in so many people coming to Christ. So many people finding You, oh Lord. Father, let this be like the cave of Abdullah. Father, people who are in distress, people who are discouraged, people who are in debt, oh God, would come here, oh Lord, and find salvation, not in the church, but in Jesus Christ. And that they would then come from their Egypt, so to speak, into their promised land, oh God, and be blessed. Yes, oh Lord, there'll be that time as a new Christian where it'll be just day by day blessing. Something new every day, something of God every day. But that blessing will overtake. 
Father, I pray that right now that You would just give us solutions to the problems that we're facing right now. Father, one of those seven solutions, oh God. Father, those issues that are in people's hearts, let it be, oh God. Father, one of those seven solutions, oh God. It may come at them one way, oh God, but there's seven ways for them to get out of it, oh Lord. Father, I pray, give us creative ways in which we can take the blessing of our lives and, Father, make it other people's blessing. Father, make us an attractive church. Make us an attractive people, oh God. Father, draw people to us as they see the blessing that's upon our lives. I declare and speak the blessing of God over Emerge Church in Jesus' name.